0: You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04 a.m. We're going into the segment. We're going to be looking at our Bible study time um, just really shortly. But before that, we've actually got our next quiz question, please, which we're following a theme from First Corinthians 12 today.
1: Yeah, of course. Here we go. Our next one here. What part of the body could the head not reject? And say it didn't need. Now again, we're on the same thing, theme, first Corinthians chapter 12. And this time, the body, there was some part that the body couldn't reject and say it didn't need. And again, the theme here is that all the parts of the body, well, the body works because all the parts are working together. Hmm. So 0491 064 669. But what body part did the, could the head not reject? And say it did it need again? This is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter twelve. You know the answer to this one 0491 one zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Of course, our prizes for this week we have two awesome puzzles that we want to give to you. One is from the nativity story. The other one is Jesus at the helm. You can win these prizes, and the way you can win them is that you basically answer quiz questions correctly. And from answering those quiz questions correctly, you, your name is then put into a draw. And the more questions you answer correct, the more you have in the draw and the more chances you have the draw the more likely you are to win the draw which happens at around 8.45 on Friday morning so again that number 0491 064 669 and again that question was what part of the body could the head not reject and say it didn't need 0491
0: 064 that's right and how good was our segment with Jennifer Skews it's always just so fantastic and we were looking at passion over reason and just mentioning those points again that she mentioned were really fantastic. You know, what happens when our emotions take over? Think, you know, our thinking be- becomes irrational and become illogical. Mm. Um, and we do lots of emotional reasoning rather than logical reasoning. Um, we come into this deceptive cycle and addictions, of course, driven by emotion. Mm. And so she gave some th- three really good tips. She said, be aware that you're on the roller coaster. So ask yourself, how can I actually get off the roller coaster? The second point was discipline to use the emotion constructively rather than destructively. And the mm. third thing was bring back yourself to the present and be mindful. I loved also what she added with that. Emotions uh, need to be in proportion to our life um, or event that is actually happening. So rather than it being heightened or really way, way out there. And I loved, this is the real key point, this is the underlying thing, um, is that when we have a relationship with Jesus, it actually keeps our emotions in check. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah, like,
1: absolutely.
0: Such a fabulous statement.
1: And I I love the point she's making there about heightened emotions just make, and it's such a need to bring things back to the presence because, because of the way that heightened emotions affect the way that we think. Like, I think when we, the classics example is like, you know, we've got heightened emotions where we're stressed about something. And then like the smallest thing happens and we just have a meltdown, you know, we just like freak out about it. Like, oh man, you know, it'll be like, oh, um, You'll be stressed about something, and then oh, just one time recently, I was I was stressed about study and whatnot, and then I checked my bank account and I saw that I got like a false charge for something, which is like annoying. But the false charge was like seven dollars and ninety nine cents. I'm like, oh, nothing to to die about. But just because I was in like an emotional state, stressed right. about something else, I saw this seven dollar charge um, on my on my bank statement. And I was like, I, I, this just well of anger was right. inside
0: of me. I'm like, how could they do that to me? Right. And, I was and it's like, just like, right, let's get the right perspective here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm like, oh
1: man, it's, it's, it's $7.99. it's seven Like, It's super annoying. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to die. I've wasted mm. my, I've wasted far more money on other things than, than a one time $7.99 and monthly charge that of a subscription that I forgot to, you know, forgot to end. And so, essentially there is that need to to put ourselves in check
0: absolutely yeah yeah
1: is this really that bad is this gonna end my life uh you know is this is this taking everything from me is this or is this just a mild inconvenience that i can work around and work through and and or, or just again let fall by the wayside and focus on the important things to to look forward to do.
0: Well, oh, and the thing is that you know it actually takes out so much energy of us that out of us that then you know affects our effectivity, oh, how so how effective true. we are. So, hey, text us in. Let us know what what do you do when you're highly stressed. What is it that actually gives you calmness? What is it? I love what Jennifer said. Is you know you know getting to that peace state of peace and things. In my case, you know, and like Jennifer, she says she, she likes going out into the garden. So I love going out into the garden. I look at the flowers that are coming up. You know I trim the roses i I put the fountain on on the back porch, or mm. otherwise, if I really need to just get away from home just to fresh air, you know hubby and I, or sometimes on my own i'll I'll actually just go down the beach and buy the paper on the way, and just you know switch the mind off, sit there, you know absorb the fresh air down at the beach and then go for a good walk. So what is it? What is it that for you? What, what is it that you do that really works that you know, is your, um, if you're not doing that, that you're highly stressed and you kind of go, Oh, Mm. I'm missing that. Cause that's the thing. When you miss that, you kind of go, okay, I am. That's that, that's the thing that reminds me. So let us know what is it that you like to do when to, to calm your nerves and to, to get those emotions from a heightened level back to, um, you know, that, that, that normal kind of life, uh, level on so text us in on we would be interested to know what really helps you cuz what you share here we can share with others uh, australia wide across um our faith fm network and it can actually help somebody else that will be listening today that's going like oh i've tried this or i've tried that or i don't really know what to do but not only ideas from others, but of course be listening next week for Jennifer's twelve-step program that she's actually going to start. Yeah. That's the tools she's going to give us that we can actually implement, which yeah. will be fantastic to Absolutely. look forward to.
1: I love being warm. There's just something about oh. like being physically warm that like really just makes me de-stress. Like cool. whether it's uh like getting in a in a warm shower okay. and just, you know, let, letting the shower run or drinking, like oh, I love ginger and lemongrass tea. No, oh, like,
0: I'm a, I like that too. Oh, it's so hey. yum,
1: dude. Yeah. And it's also great cuz like that type of tea, it's it's a very uh I guess it's like a, a herbal tea, no caffeine or anything like that. Just a nice warm, like refreshing tea and and, and yeah, you might think, "Oh, warm tea, refreshing." But it is. It's just like it is refreshing. Being warm, sitting in the shower, like just just the, those few things where it's like, "Ah, oh, just like" Get the heart rate nice and low, and and then just move forward from there. And, and I, I feel honestly, when I get out of the shower, I feel like I'm invincible. Like I feel like I can take, I can take on the world and do anything. I'm like, oh, because I, I'm just calm, and and when. When I'm calm, I'm just chilling. Hey, we've got, uh, we've got a text here from Sky, actually. She says, Oh, steam from the dishwasher or a cup of tea on your face. So she's, th- that's my spot. That's so cool. Oh, classy. true. Steam from, steam the, from
0: dishwasher. the dishwasher. That's really interesting,
1: Sky. <laughs> oh, but, no, I can resonate, man. Like opening the dishwasher to take the dishes out. I haven't had a dishwasher in years and years and years, but in, in my younger days, I can definitely resonate opening the dishwasher and having all the steam you know, blow up on your face. Yeah. Dude, that, I mean, it's kind of, kind of sauna vibes, you know. Well, you know
0: what my mum brought us up with, particularly when we were really sick, but you, you'd, you'd boil the water in a pot mm-hmm. and then you uh, you put in some eucalyptus drops, right? And then you'd put your head over it. You've got to be careful not to get it really close to your eyes and your face, so, hey, mm. so that the steam doesn't burn your face. But you put a towel over your head and you just breathe in this amazing steam mm. that smells of eucalyptus. And and it's just a fantastic thing. One of the things that people also have is, you know, the humidifiers, those Mm. those little – you get all sorts of really nice ones that you then put the drops in and, you know, it it goes through the house. And that is a proven thing. The other thing that is a proven thing that is really good too is to have plants, real plants in the home. Mm. So I've got quite a few that I've put out. You know, hubby's like, you know, are we going to get any more? Like let's leave it to where it is sort of thing. But plants in the – you know, because they release the – Carbon dioxide and that sort of thing as well, but um, apparently, you know, I've I've read somewhere that when you have plants in a room or in a house, it's actually a real, real relaxer for people. Hundred
1: percent. That's so funny because I have a friend of mine who was studying. I believe they've completed now. They they were studying to like to be a doctor. Like they're studying medicine, and I think I think they're done now. And, they, and again, but you know, it's years and years and years and years of stressful study. And honestly, their room looks like a forestry.
0: Oh wow! Like, there you go. Is, is,
1: they have an entire wall that's just the plant wall. Nice. And they've set up like this, like shelving and then hanging system where it's literally on one wall, like thirty or forty plants. And wow, then all like, all around their room. That you, you would walk be in relaxing. smell though. everything you wouldn't about it would feel like you're indoors at yeah, all. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's it smells so fresh in there as well. I'm like the amount of oxygen that's being emitted in this room is just unbelievable <laughs> and and they've been able to to get through their studies as a result man i need maybe i need to take some advice
0: that's so cool
1: you're listening to the breakfast chat connect with us on zero four nine
2: one zero six four double six nine
1: just on that as well, Alan wrote in, who says, I do training sessions most afternoons with my, with the kids to relieve stress. And as a byproduct, it gets them off their devices and bonding over soccer and footy. Thank you, Lord. Oh, so true.
0: fabulous, fabulous. And that's the thing, like these days, there's so much more with the devices that we have. But, you know, going outdoors, it's the whole thing about connecting, being in the fresh air. Um, you know, God created blue and green, blue, the sky, green, you know, mm-hmm. all the grass and trees are. It was so good for us. So um, that's fantastic. Um, Really great Great to hear there, Alan. And, you know, Sky says, ouch, that must have been, I think, in response to, yeah, me me saying that we used to put our head over the pot, the (laughs) the pot was steaming pot. Hey, it's come time for us to do our Bible study time. And, of course, we're actually looking at Mission to the Needy this week. Yesterday we actually looked at Christ's method alone. We unpacked the story of the paralyzed man who was Mm. by the pool of Bethesda and how Jesus said, you know, get up and walk. Take take your mat and walk And how Jesus showed mercy on him And how we are to mingle with people Spend time with them How we to show sympathy to the minister To their needs And also then win their confidence In the way of, as in trust That's what it Mm. means You know, winning their trust and as we do that then and as we show them um you know uh, as we are the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth as you know believers that 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 walk with the Lord have a relationship with the Lord as we do that to people um they come you know many are interested in then wanting to know Jesus themselves sure. and that's the whole whole thing too but you know we also do things uh, without strings attached is a, it was a, probably a good way to say here and so here we're actually looking today at refugees and migrants Mm. Of course, you know, there's a lot these days when you think of the fact, yesterday on the news, I'm sure yesterday on the news they were just saying that, for instance, a lot of premature babies are being moved at the moment from Gaza given that uh, yeah. they get the hospitals, um, you know, are just being bombed and there's just not enough room also for the premies and that they're being taken to Egypt now, of mm. course. And so when you think that there's just this placement of families now, um, mm. you know, that, that uh, mums most likely the ones are probably going over with the babies and yet probably that, you know... It's possible that the dads and the other children are staying behind. So there's this displacement of people. But when you're a refugee, it brings so many things. And and like I think, you know, when I was looking at this and studying it, I thought my mind went back to my mum and my dad mm. and, and other people. Uh, you know, so my parents are from Pol- were from Poland and migrated in the 60s. There was a big migration of people in the 60s mm. as a post-war thing when, when basically in Poland things were quite hard. And my mum was the first one in her family who actually came over to Australia Mm -hmm. by ship, didn't know if she'd ever see the family, didn't know the language. Uh, She was 27, 27, 28, around that age when she came over and all she did was come over with one suitcase. Wow. And she said, you know, she saw her dad, uh, you know, her father, so my grandfather took her to the port. Say goodbye and could hardly even look at her when she was actually, you know, getting onto the, to the ship because it was just so painful not knowing, you know, at that stage, you know, flights weren't a, a, a thing you know, and they were a mm. big thing for people to do. You couldn't afford it. Um, but thankfully, you know, more of her brothers, and all her brothers and sisters and her parents actually migrated here. But that's where my mind went that here's, you know, migrants as well as the refugee story that we've just, just shared, you know, that it's happening everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's happening everywhere and... Even furthermore, I think you know international travel and and international my immigration and migration and whatnot is happening in a lot of senses. In, in again, because of opportunity and because of the difficulties in various countries, as you highlighted, well, Poland in the sixties being mm. you know embroiled in well, in the Cold War, being yeah. part of the USSR and whatnot, and the and you got Auschwitz
0: there as well. Well, the you difficulties
1: know. That, mm. that that would have brang to the Polish people I mean again the, the Poland was definitely in turmoil during World War Two, but in during that time in the 60s like such a such a difficult time for Poland but I think even today and this is this has been my experience actually working in universities and I've seen and it, 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 it's like a type of refugee-ness or immigration-ness of of people coming from their countries. You know, like, I've met a number of people coming from their countries being sent over with the, you know, with uh, enough of a paycheck from their parents to give them some, you know, a couple weeks of rent and to put a you know put in a payment for their tuition for one semester, coming to Australia, having to immediately find a job to support their studies, mm. having to immediately you know organize everything in terms of their accommodation and, and their future, um, and their their future tuition, mm. and basically get their degree, and then work backwards from there to support their family. Mm. Like I've seen that a fair few times, and it's those people. That I have been able to interact with who, who are just in so much need mm. of, of community mm-hmm. of, and of Christ mm. ultimately. And it's been amazing for me being able to, to work in the university and to interact with people from those backgrounds. It's been amazing for me to see so many like faith success stories you can mm. see where people have come to Christ because they've seen that, oh, really at the end of the day, like my needs will only be met by Jesus. Yeah. And, and these people, refugees and immigrants, again, if we go into even more desperate and difficult situations and we we look at, say, again, these babies coming out of, of Palestine into Egypt and whatnot, like, these people are just in such need. That leaves them incredibly susceptible to... Oh, and
0: they're vulnerable at that time. They're so, so vulnerable. So
1: vulnerable. But it leaves them incredibly susceptible to... To knowing Christ and in a fantastic way, because Christ can offer them something better. As we talked about yesterday, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, mission to those, you know, following Christ's method know mm-hmm. and know alone and serving those needs. But the ultimate outcome that we ho- that we're hoping for them again, we help people know strings attached, but we know that our mission to them, we, we base our success as to whether we can share the gospel with them. But furthermore, I believe that it's. We should aim and we should strive and we should pray that God would convert the heart and change the person. And mm. and with those coming from these incredibly difficult situations, I, I, and I know them personally, so many of them can attest to the fact that when they gave their life to Jesus, despite their dire and difficult situations and circumstances, that... They ultimately they they found hope in Christ, and that's because Jesus Himself was a refugee at one point. Jesus Himself struck. Jesus can sympathize with their weaknesses and their struggles because He Himself went through it. I mean, He was a He was a baby when He was being you know taken by His parents to Egypt, and some some similarities there to the to the conflict that's happening in Palestine. But He, you know. The execution of the fellow children was ordered, you know, by Herod that they should kill all the children there, which would have included Jesus, unless they were able to e- escape into Egypt. Mm. Uh, they spent some time there and then coming back and growing up in, in Nazareth and later and whatnot. But we see there that Jesus... Jesus himself went through this difficult situation. He knew what it was like to be a foreigner. Mm. Uh, He knew what, well, Jesus, if anyone, not only as a foreigner, but in his life, knew what it was like to be rejected, knew what it was like to suffer from hardship and struggle. And if there's any struggle or any person that a refugee could identify with, it's definitely Jesus.
0: Mm. And uh, let's read that passage because it's actually an important one in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Mm -hmm. Have you got that one there?
1: Yeah, I'm right here. The Bible says in verse 13, When they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and and his mother by night and departed for Egypt.
0: Mm. And so right here we say, and like you say, you gave the background before a little bit of that. But so King Herod, who was the king at the time of Jesus' birth, Mm. Had actually wanted to kill the children, okay? Because when the wise men came, um, they went to King Herod first to try and find where this child was, um, and so that's he became aware, of course, that that Jesus had been born, and of course, for him, he 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 felt felt it was a threat. You know that Mm -hmm. there's going to be another king, um, and and so he actually wanted all children two years and under to be killed. Yeah, and so that wouldn't mean that would have meant that Jesus was going to be. Killed, mm. and yet, of course, we needed him to live. And according to prophecies, so many things follow with this. But here, we actually find that an angel comes to Joseph, and he actually says to him, "Arise, take your child and his mother, and flee to Egypt." Mm. Right, the word there—that word "flee" in itself—is the kind of thing that we are seeing today. That people are fleeing from one country to. To the next, but it is also saying, "Go to Egypt, get out of this country." In other words, it's showing that they became refugees in Egypt. Mm. That's what we're seeing here. That it actually happens, you know. And so, the Bible says nothing at all about their experience in Egypt. Interestingly, mm. it just says, "Go to Egypt," and then it actually picks up the story further after that. Which
1: you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: We're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. And it's time for our last quiz question for today. Take it away, please, Lawson. All
1: right, finally, here we go again from First Corinthians chapter 12. In the list of roles found in the church body, which one comes first? Again, First Corinthians chapter twelve is where you'll find the answer to that one. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Again, in the list of roles found in the church, which one comes first? And of course, if you answer that question correct, you'll get in for the draw to win two um, one of two, I should say, amazing puzzles that we're giving away. Either Jesus at the helm or may I hold him one. Jesus at the helm. Jesus is like holding a steering wheel and like driving a ship and it's really, really cool illustration. Or the other one is like at Jesus's birth. It's just awesome stuff, guys. You want this. You absolutely want this. And Again, all you have to do is answer questions correctly. In the list of roles found in the church body, which one comes first? 0491 064 669.
0: And you go in the drawer. Like we said, happens at quarter to nine on Friday. The week always goes so fast. Mm. So keep on entering your answers. Okay, we're going back to Matthew chapter 2. We've just been reading about the fact that Jesus and um, his father and mother, so Joseph and Mary, had to flee to Egypt when King Herod said, for all of the boys two years and under to be killed in Bethlehem and so here's the thing they they, you know Jesus was a refugee and his family also sought asylum in a foreign land and the Bible doesn't say anything much about their time in Egypt what we do know then as we just jump down in chapter 2 of Matthew to verse 19 it says now when Herod was dead behold an angel of the Lord appeared once again this mm. time in a dream to Joseph in Egypt saying arise so the same thing arise take your Child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel this time. Okay, Mm. so saying go back for those who sought the young child's life are actually dead. So we see this story of Jesus being in Bethlehem with, you know, his, his parents. Then they go to Egypt. We don't know anything really much of what happened in Egypt. And then they come back. And of course, you know, Nazareth is where Jesus grows up. Now, here's the interesting thing is that the gospel actually tells us about the fact that, you know, we're to get out of our ethnic and national and cultural comfort zones and to reach out to others in need, regardless of, you know, how different somebody really is. Mm. And it actually goes right through the Bible interestingly, it's not just in the New Testament. We see that happening with Jesus is that he reaches out to people of all cultures, all walks of life. And so we're going to go back into the Old Testament as well. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 19. Have you got that one there, Lawson? Okay, take it away for us, please.
1: Therefore, love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt.
0: Oh, see, there you go. We're, yeah. This <laughs> yeah. passage Isn't great? is so interesting yeah, to yeah. me. No,
1: no, no. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. It yeah. says, therefore, love the stranger, for you are strangers in the land know, of Egypt. I know, stranger
0: and stranger right there. No, no, hey. no, but but no, hear me <laughs> out, hear me out.
1: What... <laughs> Were the Israelites treated well in Egypt? No,
0: not at all. That's yeah, why we then yeah. have the story of the Exodus. Yeah, you know? that's right. I'm and so some, sorry, some background to it as to why they were in Egypt too. Yeah, well, they had ended up in
1: Egypt actually because of the kindness and the favor of Egypt towards Joseph, so, yeah, Joseph was serving as an administrator, as a governor, right. essentially a prime minister in Egypt, in the empire of Egypt. You had the pharaoh who you could say was the, the overseeing, you know, the monarch. And then you've got Joseph serving as a prime minister. So his family's treated well, but then they're treated. Awfully afterwards. Abs-
0: absolutely. And so even going back beyond that too, it all starts with Ab- the story of Abraham in Genesis 12 that he's called out of Ur. He's mm. called to go to the land of Canaan, of course, then during the famine, goes back to Egypt, then goes to Canaan. Mm. And so then we have his descendants are Isaac, Mm. Then Isaac's son is Jacob and Jacob is Joseph's son. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, when Joseph is there, like you said, with Pharaoh and that, yeah. then, then Joseph's family during the famine end up coming to join him in Egypt. Yeah. And they stay there, you know, for good 400 years before the Exodus. Yeah. They're not treated well at all are they Yeah
1: well eventually and you open up to the book of Exodus and well reading the end of Genesis and then starting the book of Exodus yeah. you you just see the statement is is plainly made it just says oh the, the pharaoh the new pharaoh to come along simply just didn't know who Joseph was. He no. didn't He didn't have knowledge of Joseph. He didn't remember Joseph. He disregarded Joseph and the lineage of the Israelites and just says, and I'm sure, like, it says he didn't know Joseph. I don't think it was in the sense that he literally had no idea who he was. He'd but, heard
0: of him, knew of him through others. But yeah.
1: rather gave no respect That's right. to his lineage or his position Absolutely. Or, or the work that he had done for Egypt and just says, you know, these Israelites, there's lots of them. Let's just enslave them. But I love the message here. It's. It's not... Again, this is very Christ-esque in the sense that it was Jesus who said, oh, you know, it's to treat your friends well. That's as the sinners do. It's that's like your, anyone can it, do. That's, that's right. right. But that's
0: not like you've got to go more than that. Love yeah. your enemies. Love your says. enemies.
1: And here it's like, therefore, love the stranger for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. It's like you were slaves in Egypt. That's right. You were foreign slaves who were captured and dispossessed of your land. And then you were able to leave because of the Exodus story. Now, you know how bad that was? Therefore, treat strangers with love I was and just kindness just about to say respect. That
0: exactly that. Yeah. They knew that, from experience what it was like to be treated as a stranger stranger in the mm. land you know and how harshly they were treated and he's saying like don't do the same yeah you know what it felt like do the opposite that's right love them yeah. and that's the beautiful thing and here's the thing when it applies to us we are strangers in this land yes we've been Oof. born on this earth but you know the bible tells us you know and i love this song uh, this world is there's a song called you know this world is not my home mm. i'm just a passing through mm. because our real home is heaven Mm. our real home is heaven that's why we ought to you know when we respond to jesus and our desire ought to be to respond to jesus to give our heart to him and yearn for our true home because this world mm. is not our home hey let's look at another passage psalm 146 verse 9. Mm. Psalm, Psalm 146
1: uh, verse 9 I've got it here in front of me It says The Lord watches over the foreigner And sustains the fatherless and the widow But he frustrates the ways of the wicked
0: Oh wow You've got the word frustrates the way of the wicked That's really interesting Mine says by the way of the wicked He turns upside down Yeah I've got. I, I was open to it? the NIV there Yeah yeah I love looking at different versions though mm. Hey because yeah. it really brings that picture to life. But here, I right, see we see the very first line it says, "David says here in Psalms, the Lord watches over the strangers."
1: Yeah, he. I love this. There were huge questions in in particularly in the Psalms. Often you read like the Psalms of Asaph and whatnot, where he's like, "Why do the wicked prosper? Like, why why do the wicked live good lives, and the just why are they trampled underfoot?" But you know. In this psalm, making absolutely clear, hey, the Lord watches over the the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. He turns upside down the the ways of the wicked. Like, the wicked, they don't have a good end. Despite their mm. wickedness, despite the profit that they might be able to achieve through exploitation, uh, despite, you know, th- their, their steps to gain an advantage over people through terrible means or ill-gotten gains or whatever it may be it's that the wicked they will be they will be turned upside down they will be judged they will be frustrated you know and so any perception that oh the wicked are doing so well which we could definitely make in today's day and age too we need to remember oh no the lord will frustrate those ways mm. and again it might not be in the here and now it might not be in the next 10 years but we know that there is a judgment coming and that those who stand with god will stand
0: yeah that's it that's Mm. it to stand and like in the meantime we are here to look after as we're saying today about refugees and migrants as well and you know we haven't we're sort of running short of time but here's the thing too when we go to leviticus um it says there in leviticus chapter 23 verse 22 that we shall leave them you know when you're harvesting leave uh, when you're gleaning the harvest leave some things that are there for the poor and for the stranger in other Mm. words look after them and even if we were to go to romans and other places in the New Testament it talks about hospital hospitality hospitality looking after mm. people you know making them feel at home because when people are so displaced aren't they as refugees and their asylums in a new land they are displaced they're without so much stuff but they need a sense of belonging they need the sense of a, of, of warmth in a home of good food on the mm. table and enjoying that sort of um, family atmosphere that is is um, is broken down for them when they're so displaced. Yeah. And so we want to encourage you, uh, yeah, give your heart to Jesus, come to Him. But more than that, too, when you believe in Him and follow His ways, reach out to others. Reach out to others basically, you know, the refugees and the migrants um, in every way and mm. basically, yeah, think of their situation. You may have never been a stranger in the land but think of them, think of their situation, put yourself into their shoes, you know, make a meal for them, invite them over, mm. take, take clothing over to them, take bedding to them, whatever it takes.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Look up, for your redemption draws near. Hi,
2: this is Sharissa and Danny, your hosts for Looking Up. Join us every Wednesday between 3.30 and 5.30 for our live show.
0: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
2: T- Our tears will all be passed. There will be
0: That was the Nelsons with Peace at Last. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It's come time for us to give our answers to the quiz questions. Take it away.
1: Yeah, here we go in the answer. Okay, so you guys are going to want to be really attentive to this because there are actually multiple answers here that are the same and it's all coming from first Corinthians chapter 12. So the first one is a good
0: chapter. Actually,
1: you know, what? I just want to open the Bible up. I'm going straight to it. First Corinthians 12. I'm going to give some answers and then we can just read it straight from the passage. So the first one in Paul's example about the body of Christ in first Corinthians 12, what part of the body does the foot believe it should be? So the foot believes it should be the hand. The next one here is that the ear believes that it should be the eye. And then it says, what part of the body could the eye not reject and say it didn't need? So the eye couldn't say that it didn't need the hand. And then furthermore, what part of the body could the head not reject and say it didn't need? The head could not reject the feet. And then furthermore, finally here in the list of roles found in the church body, which one comes first? And that was the apostles. Now, do you want to read for us through this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 regarding the body of Christ?
0: Yeah, so uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says this, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are in one body, so also is Christ. Mm. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Greeks or Jews whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, uh, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Mm. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members and yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, "I have no need of you," nor again their head to the head in their head to the feet, "I have no need of you." no more much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are mm. actually necessary. I love that you know wow. which ones seem they seem to be weaker that's the thing they 're not necessarily weaker they are seemed to to be weaker. Mm. But they're all important. Mm. I love that. And what it's really saying to us is that everybody counts. Everybody counts. Everyone's important. Everyone's g- is unique. Everyone is special. Everyone has got different gifts. Mm. And if we actually let go of one part, then a gift is being let go of, you know. Mm. And so are other parts. And and so he's actually saying it actually makes the whole thing now. And and verse twenty seven then says, "Now you are the body of Christ, and members individually." Mm. In other words, individually we make up the one body of Christ, which is the church. You know, I mean the 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 body of Christ is symbolic of um you know basically yeah the the church god 's people in every way, and I love that so um, and then it says, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles there it is there 's the answer about mm-hmm. the apostles. Then second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all prophets, are all, pro- uh, sorry, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Do all have gifts of the healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way.
1: Yeah, isn't that
0: powerful? Love that passage. There's so much always to unpack there.
1: And of course, it finishes off there in First Corinthians chapter twelve, very much saying, okay, like gifts are something to to be sought after, and but simultaneously, you know, to be working in the church in unity with one another is something to be really sought after, and 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 to 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 have this work and to have these gifts, it's important. But then we come into again that final verse there. Mm. It's like I show you another or a better way. Yeah,
0: a better way. An excellent way, Mind sis. And then we
1: come into First Corinthians thirteen and of course we have the the love chapter. Yeah. And the point that it makes there, it's like, oh none of these gifts, none of Mm. none of this unity has any true function Without love.
0: Without love, being at the center.
1: Yeah. what's And again, we talked about- The basis,
0: the foundation.
1: We talked about a story earlier today about Pakistan and the church and just like such an awful thing that's happening there in terms of like people- seeking to be persecuted so that that they can, you know, hurt each other in churches and whatnot. And I'm like, nah, bro, like, we need this love.
0: Listening to The Breakfast Show with Danu Lawson. And our time has gone away so quickly. Stay tuned with Tazzy Encounters straight after us. And also at 3.30 till 5.30, we've actually got looking up with Sharissa and also Danny. A quick promise for today before we go to our free giveaway for today. So get ready to text the word in book. Um, Shortly, our promise for today is Isaiah 55. Verse 10 Though the mountains be shaken The hills be removed Yet my unfailing love for you Will not be shaken Nor my covenant of peace be removed Says the Lord who has compassion on you What is our free giveaway for today? Lawson, please
1: Hey, our giveaway for today Is simply this A practical guide to health and Depression uh, by Ramon C. Gallabert, Scientific and Natural Treatments. So we were talking about uh, emotional health with Jennifer Skews today. We're talking about heightened emotions. We're talking about struggles with that and whatnot and how there are many methods that we can use to overcome that. And this book is all about getting into those methods, whether it's physiotherapy, phytotherapy, diet therapy, heliotherapy, hydrotherapy, psychotherapy, uh, or even, you know, discussing medication and whatnot. It's just a fantastic guide to understanding, yeah, our emotional health, um, the difficulties that we have with depression and how it is that we can, you know, use some methods to overcome it. We want to give this to you absolutely for free. All you have to do is text the word BOOK to 0491 064 669. Again, text the word BOOK to 0491 064
0: 669. And we've come to the end of our show. Alan, you've requested a song. Sorry, we need to play that one tomorrow now. Thank you for your request. And remember, everyone, to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ.